Hi everyone, my name's Danny. I'm one of the pastors here at Community Church and we're recording these messages through January because we're not live streaming just this month to give our team at the back a break. Um, and we're doing a resolution series through January. We've uh, done two so far. This is the third installment in a four-part series on resolutions. The first two resolutions, if you remember, if you, if you don't, you can go back and watch those on the YouTube channel. The first two resolutions were the first one, uh, I resolve to go to Jesus more often this year. I resolve to go to Jesus more often this year. And the second one that we did last week was I resolve that those closest to me will get the best of me in 2023. I resolve that those closest to me will get the best of me this year. So there are our first two resolutions. Uh, today's res resolution, this week's resolution, comes from Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them or turn them on and, um, and you can follow along there. And it starts in verse 24, our reading for today. And it says this, And let us consider how we may. Let us consider how, how we may. Which sounds a lot like a resolution, doesn't it? Let's consider, hmm, I want to do this thing. I want to think for a minute how I'm going to do this thing. Like me this year, I want to get fit or fitter. Um, I'm not completely unfit, but I'm not very fit either. And I need to think about how I'm going to. It's not enough just to say, I want to get fit. Uh, I've got to think, what's my plan? What am I going to do? What kind of exercise am I going to invest in, regularly commit to, in order that I could be a little bit fitter? I've got a goal now, I need a plan of action. That's the sense at the start of this text. Let us consider how. And... To be honest, most of our goals are about us. We want to be uh, like mine, fitter, or we want to be lighter, or we want to finish school or get the degree, or we want to travel, or we want to work on the house or the garden, or um, those sorts of things. Most of our goals are about us, about our life. But the writer to the Hebrews is going to direct us to a very different kind of goal leading up, um, leading up to this particular part in the text. Uh, we've, we've read what the writer to the Hebrews says, which is, let's go to God. Let's just go to God and get our hearts sprinkled with water and get our whole bodies washed with pure water. Let's get forgiveness. Let's become the new people that God wants us to be. As we get uh, received God's gift of forgiveness and salvation um, and where we get his life uh, flowing up from inside of us, changing us from the inside out, uh, like being washed with pure water, the text says. And let's hold unswervingly to Jesus because he's faithful. That's the lead up to this passage. So let's hang on to Jesus. Um, like our first resolution, I'm going to go to Jesus more often this year. Let's hold on to Jesus unswervingly because he's faithful. And, and let us consider what? Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. It's like, I've got a goal in mind. Um, and you should have a goal in mind, the writer to the Hebrews uh, says. Here's the goal. You know, you're thinking about this year to come. There's something you really want, something you want, you're planning to invest in, to commit some resources to, to throw some energy at. Like I'm planning and plotting and thinking about what? About you. About you. Specifically, that you would be spurred on towards love and good deeds. If I can help you towards more of Jesus' selfless love and good deeds this year, then I'm winning in this resolution. This is different, isn't it? I'm not the focus of this resolution. You are. Other people are the focus of this resolution. And here's, so here's our resolution. Resolution three. 
I resolve to keep spurring others on this year. So I'm not the focus. If I was the focus, then the resolution could be something like, I resolve to be a nicer person this year. As I go about my normal you know, life, pursuing all the things that I want for myself, um, I want to be more kind to all the random people I meet as I, you know, as I go. That would be a resolution focused on me. But this is not a resolution focused on me. This is a resolution focused on other people and not just random other people, specific other people. I resolve to keep spurring others on this year. Now, in the context of this passage, this is specifically about the other believers that we know. That I'm making a plan for how I'm going to spur on the other believers that I know this year. Which means I'm probably going to have to turn up more often than not, doesn't it? I mean, I could just lie in bed um, while everyone else is meeting. I could just lie in bed, just you know, really willing everybody else towards love and good deeds. Wanting that, maybe even praying for that um, for them, but oh, not really getting up and going. I could try it that way, not being present and just, you know, wanting to just urge others on towards love and good deeds from my uh, isolated lounge room or bedroom. I could, I could do that, but that's not really going to work, is it? Um, to spur others on, we need presence. We need consistent relationship, as the writer here says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. How are we going to spur one another on if we give up meeting together? We can't. I'm going to have to turn up to meet this goal. But it's more than just turning up because I can turn up to church or to life group or even to serve in a ministry area. I can turn up, but I can still have a self-serving heart that doesn't want to spur anyone on towards love and good deeds. But... If I'm going to Jesus more often, then I'm going to turn up so that I can spur others on towards his love and towards the good deeds that come from trusting him. I resolve to keep spurring others on this year. Um, In your walk with Jesus, in your journey, in your personal journey, who turned up and spurred you on? It would be pretty rare for any of us to have a journey where that didn't involve someone else turning up and consistently turning up to spur us on. Um, if you've been around for a while, you will know that my, my dad, my father, earthly father, he passed away a few years ago. Um, he was in Townsville. Uh, he had um, rapid onset dementia. Um, anyway, he passed. It was sad. Uh, one of the people from down here who wanted to come all the way to Townsville for that funeral was a friend of mine in primary school and um, who I didn't realise how, how important it was for him or how influential it had been for him that we used to just pick him up on the way to church every Sunday, our family. My dad used to um, make an effort to divert to his place and grab him on, on the way to church and, and to Boys Rally, and to, you know, which was like the youth group um, for us then. Um, and it was so significant, that investment, every week, uh, picking him up, taking him to church, taking him to a boys' rally, it was so uh, significant that of his, of his family, he's the one that really kind of charged on with Jesus. 
And he recognised the significance of my dad just turning up for him. Um, and he wanted to come to the, the memorial service just to let everybody know that this was the kind of guy that turned up for other people. And that was um, touching for me, but also just a, a reminder to us the power of turning up to spur others on. So who turned up for you? you know, maybe your parents or your friends or your youth leaders, or if you came through Alpha, it might be the Alpha crew that um, got that thing together and turned up every week and, or whatever other kind of course introduced you to this faith journey. Um, maybe your people in your life group that turn up for you every week. Who are you grateful for that turns up for you, that turned up for you, that got you started, that kept you going um, on this journey with Jesus? Don't, don't you want to be the one who turns up for others? You know, people turned up for us. Jesus turned up for us first. Other people have turned up for us. Let's be people who turn up uh, for others. And we all can. You might think, well, I'm just a new Christian. I'm very early in this faith journey. I didn't even know the basics. How am I going to be able to spur anyone else on? Listen, if you're forgiven, like if you, if you know Jesus, if you've received this life from him, if the Holy Spirit's at work inside of you, then you absolutely can turn up uh, for others. Every time you're here with us, every time you're part of a, a community of um, CCW people or, or anywhere where believers get together, your presence and your desire to spur others on um, is powerful and helpful for all of us. So yes, you can contribute and turn up and help. If you've been walking with Jesus for a while, then you bring all that you know of him and, and all the love that you've learned from him and the forgiveness that you have. You bring all of that and you turn up and you spur others on. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and if you've been walking with Jesus for 60 years, you know, and you've done this church thing, you've done kids and youth group and working bees and, you know, building programs, and maybe you've been a leader or an elder or a deacon and you've cooked and served and led studies and, you know, you've, you've just, maybe you think, oh, it's time now I've got a break from turning up and spurring others on. Well, let's see what the text says about that. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day meaning the end of time, either for all of us when Jesus returns or personally for us when our life here ends. As we see that day approaching, we should be spurring others on all the more, the text says. See, the pressure out there in the world around us is to increasingly serve ourselves, to do what's best for me, what I feel like. But the day's coming when all of that self-serving interest is gone, like vapour, it's emptiness, it's ashes. The only thing that comes with us to Jesus are the people we loved and spurred on. Now, it doesn't mean there's no rest or relaxation. We need rest and relaxation and fun. We want to do uh, fun things. God's given us this life to enjoy and we should enjoy it. Um, so make sure you get enough rest and fun in your life. It's important things. But if rest and fun and relaxation is your whole goal and personal achievement and accumulation and serving yourself, then in the end, you're going to end up with nothing because there's nothing there. It's emptiness. There's no satisfaction even for your own soul. You, if you just serve yourself, 
your, your soul shrinks and shrivels and you live a small life. Um, no matter how much stuff you have and, and how far you travel and what you can experience, if you just serve yourself, you live a small life and you end em empty. So this is love for us that Jesus says, turn up, turn up and invest um, in others, love others. Because Jesus and people, that's what we take with us into eternity. I resolve to keep spurring others on this year. Some of our 80 and 90 year olds here still use all they have to keep spurring others on. It's awesome. They're brilliant people. And I just want to say this. They don't do that because they're sticklers for religion or because they've got iron discipline and they're just kind of gutting it out. They do it because they know Jesus and they trust him and they're heading towards him. Um, and towards eternity. And I know, as the text says here, and as you and I know, when, when we receive all we receive from God, all the love that we receive from God, the natural outflow of that is to love others the way we're loved. So as Jesus pours more and more of his life into us, we're given all the desire and the power to keep turning up to spur others on towards love and good deeds. Even so, sometimes it's hard to keep turning up, isn't it? There might have been times in your life where you haven't wanted to come to church or to life group or to serve in a ministry area, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, sometimes we get hurt, and that pushes us away from our community, or we feel like it does in that sense. But it might be even more trivial things, like the preaching's boring, or, or you might think it's um, not as accurate as you'd like it to be, or you think it's you know nuanced poorly, or you don't like the style, or maybe you don't like the music. Maybe it's the wrong music, or maybe it's too soft, or maybe it's too loud, or maybe the auditorium's too light, or it's too dark, or maybe my life group's got an annoying person in it, or I have to travel a little further than I wanted to, or I'm tired, and we just do the same thing every week. It's just not meeting my need. It's too hard to get ready. It's too hard to get the kids ready. I can't be bothered. I just need some me time. All those things. You've probably thought those things, and you've probably acted on them um, from time to time. And this might uh, not surprise you, but so have I. <laughs> uh, pastors feel all of those things. I feel all of those things too. There's been plenty of times that I've just gone, I can't be bothered. Not here. See, at Warrigal, it's fantastic. Never thought that at all. Uh, other churches, you know. <laughs> Look, there are plenty of times when it's hard. I can't be bothered. People are annoying. There's just politics too and bureaucracy and 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 it's just annoying attitudes around and sometimes more often than not it's in me but you know because uh, we're part of the problem whatever the problem is uh, usually but there's lots of reasons where we don't want to turn up and it's challenging challenging to keep turning up and helping but I've learned a secret though it's a really cool secret well, it's not actually a secret because it's right here in Hebrews 10 where anyone can read it whenever they want. But my heart discovered the truth of this secret 20 years ago. And it stood the test of a thousand, maybe not a thousand, lots of trials in my life since then. Um, it helps me, this secret. It helps me every time I'm tempted to be cynical about church and every time I'm tempted to give up on church. And it'll help you too if you're feeling like you don't want to keep turning up. Here's the secret. Are you ready? Don't make it about you. 
Look away from your mirror, shift your focus to, to Ross, to Jenny, to Terri-Ann, to Colby, to Spencer, to Rachel, to Frank, to other people who might be there. I want them to grow in loving better and doing good. How can I spur them on? That's the secret. Shift your focus away from what you're experiencing to how can I help them? How can I help them towards love and good deeds? It doesn't, it doesn't make the problems go away, but it does mute them. It does dial them down. You dial down the me focus, you dial up the others focus, and it's like a whole new tune is playing in your soul and, and, and God is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, which is to love others and to spur them on towards love and good deeds. Uh, Jesus said, um, this is a new command that I've given you that you would love each other as I have loved you unto death, selfless, that you would love each other as I have loved you. By this, he says, everyone will know that you belong to me. Everyone will know if you love like I love. You know, eventually we will not have to struggle to want to turn up. We just all will want to turn up. As the kingdom of God comes more and more in our lives, as we trust Jesus more and more in our lives, as we follow him, as we surrender more of our lives to him. In that process, we will not have to struggle to want to turn up and invest in the faith of others. Now, in eternity, it'll be like breathing. Um, this love that we will have for other people, this others focus that um, is ultimately the most satisfying thing in the world. So let's just get started now. Let's keep going if we're on that journey. And let's ramp this up if we've cooled it down. I resolve to keep spurring others on this year. That's my resolution. Um, I hope it's your resolution too. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you've given us this life full of you, full of selfless love. Thank you for the satisfaction and the joy that comes to our soul when we trust you. Thank you for these full and, and satisfying life that you give us as we invest more and more of ourselves into your kingdom. And we trust your guidance as we respond to your love in our lives and as we accept the desire and the power that you give us to be able to love others in this way. And I pray that you help us all in this resolve um, to turn up for the sake of others this year. In Jesus' name, amen.